James chapter 5. We're talking about the benefits of right standing with God. The benefits of right standing with God. All right? What are the benefits of me being in right standing with God? Why do I need to be born again? Why do I need to be in right standing with God? Why do I need to be righteous? It seems like the people in this world have it just as good as Christians. And many times better. So what are some benefits of being in right standing with God? Let's look at James chapter 5 verse 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Then notice this next sentence. The earnest prayer of a righteous person. Everybody say righteous person. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Notice what happens when a righteous person prays. Great power and produces wonderful results. I would like to begin our lesson again tonight by asking everyone to join me in saying the following. I am righteous, not because of what I do, but because of what Jesus did for me. All right, let's say it again. I am righteous, not because of what I do, but because of what Jesus did for me. I say this every day. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say that with me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Every day you should make that public proclamation, personal confession. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. On Wednesday nights, our lessons have been about righteousness. What is righteousness? What is righteousness? The word righteousness literally means right wiseness or right standing. So when somebody says, where the Bible says, uh, talks about righteous, it means someone in right standing with God. Jesus calls us righteous. You might be called, you might be disgusted with yourself or somebody has told you bad things about yourself and called you all kind of names. But if you serve Jesus as your Lord and Savior and made Him the Lord of your life, God calls you righteous. He says you are in right standing with me. In the Greek language, the words just and justified are the same as righteous, which means acquitted. It means to pay off. It means to discharge. It means to set free from the charge. So we are called righteous, and we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am righteous, not because of what I do, but because of what Jesus did for me. I am in right standing with God. You, If you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you are in right standing with God. God doesn't grade on a curve. You're either 100% righteous, or you're not righteous at all. You're not 50% righteous according to you had a good day or a bad day. Well, I had a bad thought. I said a bad word, so I guess I'm about 80% righteous. No, you're either 100% righteous or you're not righteous at all. But remember, we're not righteous because of what we do or don't do. We're righteous because of what Jesus does for us. All right? How does a person get to become righteous? How do we get in right standing with God? Well, look at Romans 3.20. We talked about this. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous or in right standing. Nobody will be in right standing in God's sight by the works of the law. The Holy Spirit here says that no person can get in right standing with God by their own works or their own deeds. You and I can't pray enough. We can't 
give enough. We can't attend church enough. We can't fast enough. Who wants to do that anyway? We can't, we can't, we can't do that and get in right standing with God. We just can't do any of the, the Bible says in Romans 3.20, no one will be declared righteous. No one will be declared righteous or in right standing in God's sight by the works of the law, by anything you and I do. So if a person does not attain, does not attain right standing with God by works, then how do we get in right standing with God? How do you become righteous? How, did, how do you get to the place where God says, you're in right standing with me? All your charges against you have been acquitted. I'm not holding anything against you. I see you as I see Jesus Christ, my child. How do you get that way? Look at Romans chapter 3, verse 22. Romans 3, 22. This righteousness, this right standing, is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. It's not through works. It's not through church attendance. It's not through hours in prayer. It's by faith in believing in Christ Jesus. You say, it sounds too good to be true. Yeah, it really is. That's why it's called the gospel. That's why it's called the good news. Now, this cuts cross-grain with everything that most of us have been taught. Because we've been taught, you've got to go to church every Sunday, every time the door is open, or God's going to be mad at you. He is not mad at you. Now, some of you, I wished he would, but he is not mad at you if you don't show up. Preacher might be, but God is not. All right? So understand that it's through, it's through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not our works, but in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember this. I am righteous, not because of what I do, but because of what Jesus did for me. Now, it's important that you understand this. It's important that this gets in your spiritual DNA, that you see yourself, and I see myself in right standing with God. I spent a lot of my early Christian life thinking God was mad at me, though I was giving it all I had. I spent a lot of my young adult Christian life thinking I had to do a bunch of things to get God's attention and Him to be pleased with me. And it hinders our prayer life. It hinders our faith walk. It hinders us receiving from God unless we can get inside of our spiritual DNA. It gets imprinted on us. We are in right standing with God. Some of you have been imprinted upon your minds and upon your hearts and upon your psyche. You're no good. You're a failure. You'll never amount to anything. You made a mistake. You always make mistakes. You'll never get ahead. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. We have all this stuff imprinted on us, and then we bring all that baggage to God thinking that He doesn't love us either, that He doesn't care for us either, and that we can never be pleasing to Him, and He'll never choose us, and He'll never bless us. But that's wrong. We've got to get our minds convinced and get it in our hearts. It's got to be the filter through which we see everything about life that I am in right standing with God. And for many of us, that takes a change. It takes a change. Now, why is it so important? What are some of the benefits of understanding and proclaiming and believing every single day when you wake up, whether you feel spiritual or not, that you're in right standing with God? What are some of the benefits? Well, here you go. Number one, 
If you understand you're in right standing with God, you'll learn to reign in life instead of being ruined by life. You'll learn to reign in life. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For if by the trespass, Romans 5, 17, if the trespass of the one man, death reigned, that's talking about Adam, if when Adam sinned because of his sin, death reigned through that one man, remember the Bible says death passed to all men because of the sin of Adam, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness, notice here, righteousness is called a gift. It's not a reward, it's a gift. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? He says, if Adam, through Adam's sin, death reigned upon everybody, how much more shall people who receive God's gift of righteousness now will reign? Reign. Death won't reign over you. You'll reign over death. You'll reign in life. The word reign means to enjoy the activity of life in fellowship with Christ and His sovereign power. To enjoy life. To have fun in life. To be more than a conqueror in life. That's what he's talking about here. Look, uh, let me read Romans 5, 17 in the, new, the Living Bible. The Living Bible says this. The sin of this one man, Adam caused death to be king over all. But all who will take God's gift of forgiveness and acquittal or righteousness are kings of life because of this one man, Jesus Christ. Kings of life. Kings of life. How many friends and relatives, and maybe even you tonight, you love Jesus, but you're defeated by life? How many people do I see on Facebook and Instagram who are Christians and they love Jesus with all their heart, but to just to see their, read their post, they are living in total defeat. Life has got them down. Well, let me tell you something. I lived that defeated life. I lived it. I loved Jesus with all my heart, but I thought living defeated and needy was the plight of Christians in a sin-cursed world. I thought that's the way Christians were supposed to live. As Christians, the world and Satan is against us. So the best we can hope for is just to hang on and survive. How many of you know Christians like that? Just trying to hang on and survive. I, I remember Wednesday night prayer meetings in our little Pentecostal church in which dear saints would stand up and testify testify. Every Wednesday night we had testimony meetings. Anybody remember those Wednesday night services where you had testimony meetings? I never did figure out. As I got a little older, I realized we, to, we was witnessing to the works of the devil more than we was witnessing to the works of God in those testimony meetings. I remember Wednesday night prayer meetings which dear saints would stand and testify. I remember one dear sister, she'd almost say it every week. Pray for me. The devil has been after me all week long. Bless his holy name. Pray for me. The devil has been after me all week long. Bless his holy name. And as growing up, it seemed the best we could expect as Christians was just to stay one step ahead of the devil. If we can just stay one step ahead of him, we're living in victory. If we can just, if we can just survive, if we can hang on. This is a sin-cursed world. 
Satan's against us. Sinners are against us. We're a, we're a righteous remnant, and it's tough out there. And if we can just stay one step ahead of him, that'll be all we can expect out of life. That's the way I felt. That's the way I thought it was supposed to be. I didn't know many Christians who had the joy of the Lord. I didn't know many Christians who were living in victory. I didn't know many Christians who were walking in health. I didn't know many Christians who had the blessings of God upon their finances. I didn't, I didn't, my, my tribe didn't have that. We were just getting by. And we were humble and proud in our survival. Okay. But then I found this verse. I found this verse right in the Bible. It's right in the Bible. It hadn't been added recently. It's been there the whole time. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life? Reign. One translation says, reign as a king in life. Reign as a king in life. That's totally different than the way I was taught. I was taught you barely get by. As Christians, Pentecostal, Spirit-filled Christians, you barely get by. You'll never have enough. You'll never, you'll never get anything, but just hang on. That's the, plight of the, that's the plight of the spiritual. Just hang on. But that's not what the Word says. The Word says that the righteousness should reign as kings in life, in Christ Jesus. Now listen. Believing understanding, and proclaiming our righteousness. Our right standing with God releases the blessings of God in our life. Believing. Believing you're righteous. Believing you're right standing with God. Understanding what that means. And proclaiming it. Proclaiming our righteousness. Proclaiming our right standing with God releases the blessings of God in our life. Everybody with me? Now, you might have been raised like me, thinking that, well, you don't want to say you're righteous. You'll be spiritually proud. You don't want to get in pride. And you don't want people to think you're cocky. And, you know, and some of us were raised, we just don't, we don't believe we are. We're never good enough. We're never, we're never, we never read enough. We've never prayed enough. I mean, people I've asked, how's your walk with the Lord? And they'll say, well, I, I'm not praying. I, should be pray. I know I should be praying more. That doesn't have anything to do with it, whether you're in right standing or not. It's not by works. It's by what we believe. Remember, I'm not righteous by what I do. I'm righteous by what he did for me. All right? So how do, you, how do, we, get, how do we get a righteousness consciousness? How do we get this imprinted in us? That we're okay with God. That God loves us. That I'm in right standing with Him. I am, and He's for me and not against me. How can, how, do, how can I wake up every day and not think about, well, I'm not sure God's really going to work for me today. How can I wake up every day knowing my God is on my side and He's working in my behalf, regardless of what mood I'm in, or regardless how I feel, or regardless of my emotional swings, regardless of what happens during the day, or the situations that arise, regardless if it's a tough day or, or if it's a great day, I know my God is for me, He is not against me, and I'm in right standing with my God. 
How can we get that imprinted on us? How do we do it? Because I didn't have it. I didn't have it. And you can come to the altar and have people lay hands on you till you're bald. And you won't get it that way. How do you get it imprinted in you? I am in right standing with God. How do we do it? Well, let me show you. Romans chapter 10. Look over at Romans chapter 10, verse number 8. Look at Romans chapter 10, verse number 8. But what does it say? The Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul's teaching here, he says, what does it say? The Word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now this is the scripture that all of us who've ever had any uh, touch with the Baptist, the ba- this is their scripture. The Assemblies of God and the Church of God, our scripture is Acts 2-4. Acts chapter 2, and on the day of Pentecost, they were in one place in one accord. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind filled all the house where they were sitting there, appeared to them cloven tongues of fire, and set upon each of them. That's our scripture. The Baptist scripture is this one right here. Romans chapter uh, 10, verses 8 through 10. This is their scripture, that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. And that's a wonderful scripture. And it's a wonderful truth. But let's look at it real closely. Because there's a principle here. Do you know how you got saved? Do you know how you got born again? Do you know how you and I got our name written in the Lamb's book of life? Do you know how we become righteous? It's by believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth. Believing with our heart and confessing with our mouth. But notice what it says. He teaches us a principle. Notice verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now that's how we got born again. That's how we were made righteous. But how does it get imprinted on us that that's how we believe about ourselves? See, we believe that and God did it for us. But then from then on, we think we got to work to maintain that way. And the Bible says no man is made righteous by his works. So how do you, though it is in you and though you are righteous in God's sight, how do you get yourself convinced Every single day that you are in right standing with God. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. How can that get imprinted on you? That you never again think that God's mad at me. That any time during the day, if somebody asks you to pray, you say, I'll pray because my God, I'm in right standing with God, and He always hears me when I pray. Instead of you going back to the corner and say, oh God, forgive me, forgive me for this, forgive me for that, and you try through your works to get in right standing with God, then you go out with boldness to pray. How do you get that? How do you get that printed in you? I am in right standing with God. Well, look what the Scripture says here. I want you to notice something. Notice verse 8. Let's read verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. Notice what is listed first. Your mouth in this scripture is listed before your heart. 
And look at verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Notice in verse 9 what's listed first. Your mouth is listed before your heart is listed. And then notice verse 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. In verse 8, it has to get in your mouth before it get in your heart. Verse 9, it's got to be spoken out of your mouth before it get in your heart. And if you keep speaking it out of your mouth, verse 10 says it'll finally get in your heart. All right? You keep speaking it out of your mouth and it'll get in your heart. That's how Satan got this junk into you, your image of you. By other, you're never going to make it mount to anything. You're just a failure like your mama's a failure. Your granddaddy's a trouble and you'll be trouble the rest of your life. You've got a temper just like your... I mean, you've heard that over and over. It came out of somebody's mouth and you heard it long enough that it got in your heart. And it formed an imprint of who you are in life. You're not smart. Your family isn't smart. Your daddy wasn't smart. Your mama isn't smart. So you'll never be smart. That's what I was told. That's what I was told. You'll never be smart. You'll never be smart. So I'd get in school and I didn't, if it got a little hard, I'd just give up. Because I was told, your grandparents aren't smart. They're sharecroppers. Your granddaddy wasn't smart. He never finished uh, sixth grade. And your daddy never finished the eighth grade. And your your mama, you you know, she just barely got through school. And, you know, just, you're not smart. And that got in me. It got in me. And the Lord says the same principle that Satan has used to form your image of yourself is the same principle that God will use to change the image of yourself. You speak it out of your mouth every day. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And tomorrow you speak it out. And next week you speak it out. And if you keep speaking with your mouth, it will get in your heart. Let me give you a verse to prove it to you. Look at Psalm chapter 45 verse 1. Amazing. It's a nugget hidden in the Bible. My heart. My what? My heart is overflowing with a good theme. Why is my heart overflowing with a good theme? Because I recite my composition concerning the king. My tongue is the pen, ink pen, of a ready writer. In other words, what I speak with my mouth, my tongue, my it will act as an ink pen that will write it on my heart. And the more I speak it, the more it gets imprinted on my heart. And before long, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will start speaking. Remember what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 12, verse 37? For by your words... You will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. See, it's important you to be convinced of your righteousness. If, if we are not convinced of our righteousness, we will have no faith when we confess or claim the promises of God. 
We won't really believe that God will give His blessings to us because our faith has been based upon our works. And we need to go do some good works to get in right standing with God before we can claim any of His promises. Daily confess and with your mouth proclaim. Daily you must confess and with your mouth proclaim. I am righteous. Not because of what I do, but because of what Jesus did for me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Everybody with me? I got five minutes. The benefits of our right standing with God, we learn to reign in life. Number two, and this is a huge one, why you need to know the prayers of the righteous have power. How many times has somebody asked you to pray about something and you didn't feel like God would listen? How many times have you heard this? My prayers didn't get through the ceiling. My prayers didn't get through the ceiling. How many times have you heard this? Well, it seems like the heavens are brass. Seems like the heavens are brass. How many times have you thought somebody's asked you to pray and you've had a rough day and things are not doing good and you had not been the best Christian you need to be and you want to say, man, you need to get somebody else to pray. You need to get somebody else to pray. But notice what the Scripture says. Look back to James 5, 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. A literal word-for-word rendering of this verse from the Greek to English. When I do it from Greek to English, it says this. The prayer of the righteous has power. It prevails against, is a force, effective and capable of producing results. So when somebody needs prayer, you, if you understand you're in right standing with God, not because of what you did, but because of what He did for you, you can jump in there and say, you better believe I'll pray for you right now. And regardless of what kind of day you're having, you know you can pray and your prayer will reproduce results. But we got to get that, but we got to believe we are. We got to believe we are. Number three, what are the benefits? Number one, we learn to reign in life. The prayers of the righteous have power. Number three, a righteousness consciousness helps us overcome sin. I didn't ever overcome lust until I started realizing I was the right stand, in right standing with God. 1 Corinthians 15, 34, Wake to righteousness and do not sin. Wake up to it. Realize who you are in Christ Jesus. You're, the, you're in right standing with God. You don't have to do that. Wake up, he says. Wake up. Stop, stop letting the devil beat you up that you're no good. Romans 6 and 11. Notice, look at Romans 6 and 11. So you also should consider yourself. Consider yourself. See yourself dead to the power of sin. See yourself dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Start seeing yourself that way. Notice what he says. So you also should consider yourself or see yourself, have a view of yourself to be dead to the power of sin. That love, and that's what happened to me. That love, man, that, that, it's, not, it's not ruling my life anymore. I'm dead to that. I'm alive to God in Christ Jesus. I'm alive. See yourself that way, Paul says. See, you've got to believe it, you've got to understand it, and you've got to proclaim it with your mouth that you are in right standing with God. Look what he said in Ephesians chapter 1. 
I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Your eyes, your understanding would be open the rich, to the riches of the glorious inheritance in his holy people and, his, and to know his comparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. Now notice this. And seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. He says, I want your eyes to be open to see the power that's in you. That's the same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him above. Far above. Verse 21. All rule and authority, power, Satan's power, sin's power, addiction's power, jealousy's power, fear's power. He's been seated far above all of that. And dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Verse 22, and placed all things, all things under his feet, and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything and everyone. And you say, well, that's wonderful. Yeah, we know Jesus is far above principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named. He's above every addiction. He's above every jealousy. He's above all fear. He's above all that stuff. We know that, but what about me? We'll go down to the next chapter. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 6. Notice what it says. It says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us up there with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. He said, but you guys have got to get open to it. It's not only that Jesus is up there looking down at the devil, it's that we're seated up there with him looking down at the devil. Oh, pastor, pray for me. I just can't get over this. I just can't get over Oh, pastor, pray for me. Oh, pastor, things got me. Oh, this thing's got me. I'll just never get over it. it my mama had it. My grandmother had it. And I'm going to have it too. You know, the devil told me that. He said, your grandmother died in a mental hospital. Your dad's had mental problems. And you're going to have them too. And as long as I believe that, and even though I had Jesus in my heart, as long as I believe that, that thing, that harassment, that tormenting spirit of depression ruled over my life. But when my eyes got open that I've been raised up and made to sit with Him in heavenly faces, far above principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but the world which is to come, suddenly I realized I'm not underneath it. It's underneath me. But I had to believe it. I had to proclaim it. I had to understand it and confess it with my mouth. So Why? Do we need to have an understanding? What are the benefits of being in right standing with God? Well, it teaches us to reign in, in Christ. It teaches us to reign in life. The prayers, our prayers are powerful. We can overcome a sin consciousness. And finally, the words of the righteous are reliable. The words, the words of you speak are reliable. When I, when I need counsel, I don't go to the world. I go to the righteous. I don't go to the world. I don't care how much money they've got. I don't care how much experience they have. If I need counsel, I am going to the righteous. Now, I'll look for righteous people who have experience and who have been blessed, but I don't go to the world for that. I never understand why people who have marriage difficulties go to friends who are in the midst of a marriage struggle. That's not the people you go to. You go to the righteous. Look what the Bible says about our words. Proverbs 10 and 11. The mouth of the what? Righteous. 
is a fountain of life. But the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Psalm 37.30 The mouths of the righteous utter wisdom, and their tongues speak what is just. Proverbs 10.32 The lips of the righteous know what finds favor, but the mouth of the wicked only what is perverse. Why? What are the benefits of being righteous and understanding? Your words are reliable. And finally, this one. The righteous will be delivered in time of trouble. <laughs> Proverbs eleven eight. The righteous person is rescued from trouble, and it falls on the wicked instead. The righteous person is rescued from trouble, and it falls on the wicked instead. Psalm thirty four seventeen. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. I can't tell you the number of times I've been pinned up to a corner, my back to the wall, and I'll quote this, Hey, I'm righteous. And I'm crying out, I need you to deliver me. And He comes through. If you're in tonight, if you're in the middle of a storm and it seems no way out, you have a right to cry out to God and proclaim your righteousness. It says the Lord will hear you and He will deliver you from trouble. How many of you ever thought people have joined up There's a conspiracy against you? How many have been involved with some people and maybe they've teamed up with some other family members to come against you? Or a friend, or a business deal, or a relationship, and people have had a conspiracy and joined up ranks against you, and it's you seeming like it's you against the world. Well, that doesn't happen for the righteous. Look what it says in Proverbs eleven twenty one: Though they join forces... The wicked will not go unpunished, but the posterity, posterity of the righteous will be delivered. I'm going to tell you, even when people form a conspiracy to take you out, if you're righteous, the Lord will deliver you. He will deliver you. He will deliver you. Uh, uh, ten years ago, ten years ago this year, I was over 250 churches and seven, almost 700 ministers as the district overseer for the state of Tennessee and the Assemblies of God. And we were building churches and helping pastors. And I had an a ungodly pastor that deceived me. Him and his board deceived me. And I signed the note. They promised me all this stuff and all this property they had. They signed the note. They asked me to sign the note. Just help us for a year, and then we'll 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 get you off of it. I signed the note for two point six million dollars. And as soon as I signed it, within three months, they had all left town. And me and Amanda found ourselves owing two point six million dollars. I, you know, I didn't have that in my checking account, <laughs> my savings account. Um, and Amanda's family, she, they can't help. So, uh, man, it, it, it almost took me out. That people would, would do that to try to destroy my life and destroy our home and break us. 
come to find out they had planned that. Finally, after I'd signed it and there wasn't no way I'd get out, I went to them. I said, what did you do? Why didn't you tell me the truth? They said, well, if we'd have told you... They said this. If we'd have told you the truth, you'd have never signed that and we'd have lost everything we had. I said, so you'll let me lose everything I have? And they said, well, you should have known better. That's what they said. A conspiracy to take us out. It was bad. Today, we're flying pretty high. We didn't lose anything. Marriage is stronger than it's ever been. She's prettier than she's ever been. I'm still a hunk of a burning, burning love. (laughs) The pastor lost his wife and lost his children. The board member, one board member died. Two other board members' families destroyed. The broker who put the whole deal together, who was in on it, he lost his marriage. They brought, were trying to bring destruction to me, but the Lord delivers the righteous, and it came back on the wicked instead. That's what it said. That's what it said. It pays to know your righteousness in God, in Christ Jesus. Everybody repeat after me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am righteous, not because of what I do, but because of what He did for me. Stand with me, would you?